The Merrick Garland hearings begin, and a lot of this looks, once again, like commercials for Republican candidates coming up in 2022 to 2024, but we will talk just a bit about what's going on there in other news. Megan McCain goes after Dr. Anthony Fauci over doing Dr. Anthony Fauci things, apparently. A couple of uh, wrongful arrests for what appear to be jaywalking pop up, but the mainstream media buries them because it's not an election year. And... Pelosi rails against gerrymandering, but then funnels $300,000 into a pro-gerrymandering fund. I'm Jay Edgar, and this is Contemporary. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Contemporary. My name is Jay Edgar. It's uh, It's been a day here. We moved almost seamlessly out of the Capitol riots and the Texas freeze right into the confirmation of Merrick Garland, looking directly over the almost denial of Tandon. So we'll talk a bit about what's going on in the Senate and the new battle to fill Joe Biden's cabinet and what's going to happen there. That's going to be a fun one to watch, especially since we're sitting on a dead 50-50 split in the Senate and some people are defecting away from the more progressive agenda. It's going to be all of this and more, plus a couple of shocking videos, a couple of arrests that probably shouldn't have happened here. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court is ready to release Trump's tax returns, which I'm pretty sure now that he's a private citizen, is illegal. So we'll talk a bit about all of that here, but before we get started, go on over and bookmark freedomscoop.com. We are still under construction, pardon our dust, but go on over there, leave the bookmark for our page, so, once we get back up and running, you can check out great shows such as The Generational Gap, The Daily Ignoramus, The Breakdown with Birkenhoff, The Freckles and Brit Show, and The R-Rated Conservative. We'll have a swag shack, we'll try and work on some written articles. We are going to try and make your one-stop shop for all of your news and commentary needs. So, come on over there and check us out, throw that bookmark down, and get ready to pick up some of our swag and help us support great creators. Alright, looking at the Dow Jones throughout yesterday, we had almost a steady rise it wasn't much of a rise but steady and then it kind of dropped back off landing 27 points above where it was the day before or just barely under a tenth of a percent once again so looks like stocks were pretty well flat throughout the day yesterday let's look at what bitcoin was bitcoin took a hard drop yesterday down to 48,694.80 so i'm guessing a few people lost a little bit of money off of that one there and maybe it'll come swing back once again. Maybe it won't. We'll see what happens with that and see what the investors have to say on that. Moving on to into Investors Business Daily. Dow Jones futures rise. Tech futures dive as Bitcoin tumbles. Zoom Info leads earnings movers. From Scott Litonen. Dow Jones futures inched higher while S&P 500 futures were squarely lower. NASDAQ 100 futures sold off sharply early Tuesday. Bitcoin tumbled from all-time highs, while Tesla stock added to Monday's big loss. On Monday, the tech-heavy NASDAQ composite sold off 2.5%, its worst day since January 27th. The S&P 500 moved down 0.8%, while the Dow Jones Industrial Average traded up 0.1%. Among the Dow Jones leaders, Apple slid 3%, while Microsoft descended 2.7%. Apple stock fell further below its 10-week line. While Microsoft is testing a recent buy point, Disney is back in buy range after Monday's sharp gain. 
Tesla dove 8.5% on Monday, breaking down through its 50-day support level. Late Monday, Cadence Design Systems, Palo Alto Networks, and Zoom Info reported earnings results. Among top stocks in or near buy zones, hot IPO stock Shoals Technology is trying to break out past a new buy point while Trade Desk continues to form a new base. Apple, Microsoft, Tesla, and Zoom Info are IBD leaderboard stocks. Shoals Technology was Thursday's IBD stock of the day. Trade Desk was featured in this week's Stocks Near a Buy Zone column. On the futures ahead of the stock market open Tuesday, Dow Jones futures inched higher while S&P 500 futures lost a half a percent versus fair value. NASDAQ 100 futures sold off 1.8% versus fair value. Remember, trading in Dow Jones futures and elsewhere doesn't necessarily translate into actual trading on the next regular stock market session. Among exchange-traded funds, Innovator IBD50 tumbled 2.9% Monday. The NASDAQ 100-linked uh, Invesco Trust traded down 2.6%. Meanwhile, the SPDR S&P 500 ETF lost 0.8%. So, the Dow is up, and looks like everybody else is down. So, we will see what happens with that, and probably will lead on to the aftermath of what happened in Texas and some of the infrastructure that's being built. So, a lot of stuff to look at, a lot of stuff to see there. From CNBC, NASDAQ closes 2.5% lower as big tech gets hit. Economic comeback plays a lift. Dow. From Yoon Lee, steep losses in technology shares dragged down the S&P 500 on Monday as a continuous rise in bond yields dented the appetite for growth stocks. Meanwhile, investors piled into economically sensitive names to bet on a comeback. The broad equity benchmark lost 0.8% to 3876.50 in a volatile trading falling for a fifth straight session amid the weakness in tech and consumer discretionary. The Nasdaq composite fell 2.5% to 13533.05 as Tesla shares slid 8.6%. Big tech stocks came under pressure with Apple, Amazon, and Microsoft all dropping at least 2%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average reversed a 200-point loss to close 2737 points higher, or 0.1% at 31,521.69. A handful of economic comeback plays boosted the blue-chip benchmark. Disney jumped 4.4%, while industrial giant Caterpillar and chemicals company Dow Inc. both climbed more than 3.5%. American Express and Chevron gained 3.2% and 2.7% respectively. I still can't believe that American Express still exists. I... Never see one. But hey, apparently they're out there. Once in a while, you do see one pass through your hands if you're doing something retail, but it's very, very, very rare to see it. But as I mentioned, infrastructure is coming, construction, repairs. Whenever a Democrat comes to office, they build roads. I hate roads. But they build roads. And Caterpillar is going to be at the forefront of that because that is the leader in road build, uh, building technology, road building equipment. They are one of the big leaders there, so definitely we're going to see that one go up. Some equity investors grow concerned about rapidly rising treasury yields in recent weeks as they could especially hurt high growth companies reliant on easy borrowing while diminishing the relative appeal of stocks. These same tech stocks also thrive during the pandemic, so some investors may be taking profits and rotating into names that will do well in a recovery. The 10-year Treasury yield rose again on Monday to around 1.35% after jumping 14 basis points last week to its highest level since February of 2020. 
So far this month, the benchmark rate has moved up 27 base points. The 30-year yield has touched a one-year high of 2.2% on Monday. A basis point is 0.01%. This move in yield should be something that investors keep a close eye on. Matt Maley, chief market strategist at Miller Tabak, said in a note, just because long-term rates are ultra-low on a historical basis, we do not believe that they will have to rise as far as most pundits think they do before they impact the stock market. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that's a dangerous game right there. Playing with the amount of money that you can go out and borrow and the cost of borrowing that money against the banks with the stock market that nobody knows what's going to happen with it. That's a, that's a dangerous little game right there. But, hey, that's all these people do is play a game with your money and your money supply. So we will see what happens with that. We will see. Looks like Jerome Powell is going to be giving a speech here. All eyes will be on Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, who delivers his semi-annual testimony on the economy before the Senate Banking Committee on Tuesday. His comments on rates and inflation should determine the market direction for the week. Oof. That's going to be a fun one to watch. I hope you guys have popcorn for that. That's going to be interesting to see what the Fed's going to do on monetary policy. All right. Let's go into the big news of the day. One, Merrick Garland is on the hot seat right now because, well, they couldn't jump him in to be the Supreme Court Justice that's going to save us all and make sure that all those little babies can be killed. But they will make him the AG. And he's got some things to say about that as well. Starting today with the New York Post. Merrick Garland faces second day of questioning and confirmation hearing from Emily Jacobs. <clears throat> AG nominee Merrick Garland will face another day of questioning on Tuesday on how he'll oversee probes ranging from the January 6th Capitol breach to Hunter Biden's business dealings, along with his stance on left-wing uh, rioters in Portland and Seattle. Tuesday's proceedings will mimic Mondays, with Garland testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee starting at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Garland pledged during Monday's hearing that handling the investigation into last month's deadly siege. What deadly siege? It was a bunch of people with a selfie camera. On the Capitol would be his first order of business, telling numerous senators who asked that it was his top priority. If confirmed, I will supervise the prosecution of white supremacists and others who stormed the Capitol on January 6th a heinous attack that sought to disrupt the cornerstone of our democracy, the peaceful transfer of power to a newly elected government, he said in his opening remarks. And you got to wonder here, is, I mean, are the, is he talking about actual white supremacists? Or is he talking about anybody who voted a, in a different way than followers of Joe Biden would have liked them to vote? Because there's actual distinct difference there, but to people who voted for Joe Biden, those two things are one and the same. Garland was asked during questioning from Senator Josh Hawley whether he regarded violence spawned by Antifa or Black Lives Matter demonstrations in Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington as domestic terrorism. He claimed it was not. An attack on a courthouse while in operation to prevent judges from actually deciding cases? That is plainly domestic terrorism, domestic extremism, Garland said. An attack simply on a government property at night 
or any other kind of circumstances is a clear crime and a serious one. Garland did not address the nursing home scandal embroiling New York Governor Andrew Cuomo or concerns that Biden's son Hunter and his dealings with foreign entities and officials in his opening remarks, though he already faced questions on both issues from Republican lawmakers on the panel on Monday. Asked by the Judiciary Committee ranking member Chuck Grassley about Hunter Biden, Garland said he had not discussed the matter with the Commander-in-Chief. So, he's already had one good day of questionings, and we do have a few things to go back and talk about with that as well. I've got some specifics on some conversations with uh, certain senators, so we will talk a bit about that. But, yep, he's going on for day two off of this, and I'm kind of interesting to see interested rather to see where he does wind up landing and to see if there is a defection on this or not <clears throat> on either side for that matter i mean democrats can't count on mansion right now and i don't think he would vote to confirm but republicans can't count on romney or collins or murkowski either this could go either way let's see what politico has to say garland confirmation is stage four I'm sorry, stage for four of GOP's 2024 hopefuls. From Marianne Levine. Merrick Garland appears on track for an easy confirmation hearing this week, but the Attorney General nominee's moments in the spotlight will once again be affected by presidential politics as four of 2024's GOP contenders get a stage to catapult their national brands. Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, Ben Sass, and Tom Cotton all sit on the Senate Judiciary Committee, which on Monday starts its two-day hearing on Garland's nomination to lead President Joe Biden's Department of Justice. The committee has evolved in recent years into a powerful platform for members with broader political ambitions, and all four GOP senators are viewed as potential White House hopefuls for a party currently riven with internal strife. Let's see, let's look at all... Four of those names up here. Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, Ben Sass, and Tom Cotton for president in 2024. How about no, 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 and fuck no. Brews in confirmation fights can often lead to breakout moments for senators. Now Vice President Kamala Harris rose to national prominence, thanks in part to her incisive questioning of former President Donald Trump's nominees. But the four younger Republicans on judiciary this year are being advised to take a more delicate approach to Garland. The former federal judge is expected to receive widespread GOP support for his nomination. No. He's a miserable fucking radical that's disguised as a moderate. The former federal judge is expected, uh, I've read that already, as the party seeks to show that its blockade of his 2016 Supreme Court nomination was not personal. It wasn't personal. He just wasn't qualified for the position. He was being sold as qualified for the position, but he wasn't. And he's not qualified for this position either. That whole thing where my day one priority is to go after the white supremacists who stormed the Capitol... That right there should be disqualifying. Because he's going into it with partisan politics in mind. That right there should be disqualifying. That right there, especially if you go by the left metrics and what they assumed that Bill Barr was going to do when Donald Trump tapped him to go back to be the AG. If you go by the metrics that they put out 
and what they believe that Bill Barr was going to do, not what Bill Barr actually did, but what they believe Bill Barr was going to do, no, that right there should be disqualifying. Merrick Garland should have to step down because of his statements just on the January 6th riot. That right there should end his political career. He shouldn't even be a federal judge anymore at that point. Because he's not looking at this to come out and be fair and open about who he's prosecuting. He is prosecuting on a partisan line. And it shows. Republicans need to be careful, said Mike Davis, a former top GOP aide on the Judiciary Panel. Pick your battles. Davis, who now advocates for the confirmation of a conservative judicial nominees as president of the Article 3 Project, advised GOP senators to thoroughly vet Garland and press him on the impartial administration of justice, but also limit the time they spend fighting Biden nominees who have bipartisan support. The fact that they can say that Garland has bipartisan support is what's wrong with this country right there, because he is a partisan fucking swamp creature. Unless something extraordinary comes out of Judge Merrick Garland's confirmation hearing, Davis added, I doubt that some, uh, anyone should be advocating for his defeat. I'm going to prosecute the white supremacists on day one who breached the Capitol, many of whom are already sitting with prosecution sitting over their heads. I would call that something extraordinary. Hawley is the only GOP senator so far to vote against every one of Biden's cabinet nominees. Neither he, Cruz, Cotton, nor Sass have signaled yet whether they'll support Garland, though Senator Lindsey Graham, as a former chair of the Judiciary Panel, called the nomination a sound choice by Biden last month. No. 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 He is not a sound choice. He's not the worst one that it could be, but he is definitely not a sound choice. I could think of probably, I don't know, maybe three or four other people. And that's going with my limited knowledge of federal judges. Who would make a better AG than Merrick Garland? This is a revenge play against the Supreme Court nomination from four years ago. That's all that this is. But that's what Politico has to say. Uh, let's watch a video here from Amuse. Biden's AG is not certain if illegal border crossings are a crime. Let's have a listen. Talk a little bit more about the law enforcement challenges at the border, which I know a number of other members have brought up with you. Just a, a fundamental question. Do you believe that illegal entry at America's border should remain a crime? Well, I haven't thought about uh, that question. Uh, uh, I just haven't thought about that question. I, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the president has uh, made clear that we are a country of uh, with the borders and with a concern about national security. Um, I don't know of a proposal to uh, decriminalize but still make it uh, unlawful to enter. I just don't know the answer to that question. I haven't thought about it. Um, it, will you continue to prosecute on unlawful border crossings? 
Well, uh, this is again a, a question of allocation of resources. Um, um, we will, uh, uh, the department uh, will uh, uh, prevent unlawful um, uh, crossing. Um, I don't know, I, you know, I, I have to admit I just don't know exactly what the conditions are and how this is uh, uh, done. I think if, um, um, I don't know what the current program even is with respect uh, to this. Um, if there, um, so. Uh, I, I assume that the answer would be yes, but I don't. I don't know what the. Well, that should also be disqualifying right there, because the answer, the proper answer to that, should be until the legislature makes a law changing what border crossings, the status of border crossings, then yes, I will continue to prosecute them. That should be it. Write that in there. But, no, he's not sure. It's, it's not that he's not sure. It's that he doesn't want to sit back and say what Holly wants to hear and then go back and perjure himself because he said one thing and went back and did the other. That's what that is. All right. Let's see what Fox News has to say about this here. Merrick Garland says he hasn't thought about whether illegal border entry should remain a crime. From Thomas Barabi. Attorney General nominee Merrick Garland sidestepped a series of questions at his confirmation hearing Monday regarding his view on how the Justice Department would enforce immigration law on border crossings if he is confirmed as its top official. Josh Hawley pressed Garland on his stance on immigration policy near the end of the first day of his hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee. At the start of his five-minute window for questions, Hawley asked Garland if believed illegal entry to the U.S. should remain a crime. I haven't thought about that question. I just haven't thought about that question. Garland said in response, I think the president has made clear we're a country with borders and with a concern about national security. I don't know if a proposal to decriminalize, but still make it unlawful to re-enter. I just don't know the answer to that question. I haven't thought about it. Well, you've been a federal judge for decades, so I would think that you would have thought about this at least at one point in your career because I'm sure it's come across your bench at some point in your career, somewhere in the middle of this. Upon entering office, President Biden signed a series of executive orders meant to reverse immigration policies enacted under former President Donald Trump including an action that revo uh, revoked funding for the border wall. Last week, congressional Democrats introduced a Biden-backed immigration bill that includes an eight-year path to citizenship for undocumented immigrants, among other measures. Yeah, okay. No, once again, that's nothing but a big ask because then they come out and say, oh, look at the Republicans, they blocked this. <clears throat> that's all that that is. They have no intention on making these people citizens. They can just sit back and virtue signal because they still have the filibuster in place. Hawley pressed Garland following his admission, asking the nominee if he would continue to prosecute unlawful border crossings if confirmed as AG. This is, again, a question of allocation of resources, Garland said. The department will prevent unlawful crossing. I don't know, I have to admit. I just don't know exactly what the conditions are and how this is done. 
I don't know what the current program even is with respect to this. I assume the answer would be yes, but I don't know what the issues surrounding it are. And there you go. He doesn't know because the people that are pulling the puppet strings of Biden haven't told him what the answer actually is yet. All right, let's, uh, let's read one from NPR here, see what they have to say. Garland says January 6th probe would be top priority if confirmed as AG. This is from Ryan Lucas. Remember, only you can keep NPR on the air with their quiet, dulcet tones with a donation because your tax dollars aren't doing enough to hold them up and they are supported in part by viewers like you. All right, let's see what we've got here. President Biden's pick to lead the Justice Department, Merrick Garland, told lawmakers Monday that the investigation into the Capitol insurrection would be a top priority if he is confirmed as Attorney General. But apparently the border isn't. Garland, a widely respected judge who has served for more than 20 years at the U.S. Court of Appeals for D.C., has said the attack on the Capitol was the most heinous attack on American democracy that he's ever seen. Okay. How long have you had your eyes closed? One of the very first things I will do is get a briefing on the progress of the investigation, Carlin said. I intend to give the career prosecutors who are working on this matter 24-7 all the resources they could possibly require to do this. Garland also said he wants to look more broadly at the roots of extremism and which groups could pose problems in the future. the ones that the people in the executive branch don't like. It's the ones full of people who vote differently than the executive branch likes. It's the ones who voted for Trump. He has experience dealing with the topic, uh, having overseen the federal investigation into the Oklahoma City bombing earlier in his career. As for the Capitol probe, he said investigators will begin with people on the ground, but will work their way up to those who are further involved and pursue these leads wherever they take us. Garland has won support from Democrats and Republicans alike, who point to his deep legal knowledge, temperament, and experience. Temperament, huh? That's what you want to call it? Hmm. He is expected to win the panel's approval and be confirmed with bipartisan support in a final confirmation vote by the full Senate next month. If he is confirmed, Garland will have no shortage of challenges to tackle, including ensuring civil rights and racial justice for all Americans. In his opening statement, Garland acknowledged the central importance of that mission. Communities of color and other minorities still face discrimination in housing, education, employment, and the criminal justice system, and bear the brunt of the harm caused by the pandemic, pollution, and climate change, he said. But he would also take the helm of a department battered by four years of turmoil during the Trump administration. Legal experts and former DOJ officials accused former AG Barr of politicizing the department and using it as a tool against then-President Trump's opponents. Did you miss the point where Barr threw Trump under the fucking bus? Were your fucking eyes closed for that? 
Garland did not directly address Barr's actions, but he said he would ensure equal justice under the law for all Americans, and he vowed to lead the department with integrity and protect its independence from political influence. Oh my god. First thing we're going to do is we're going to go up after them there uh, white supremacists who went and stormed the Capitol here. But don't worry, the Department of Justice is going to be completely clear of political bias. Fuck you. Fuck you. I can assure you that I do not regard myself as anything other than the lawyer for the people of the U.S., he said. I'm not the president's lawyer. Well, you're not exactly a lawyer for the people of the U.S. either. You're a prosecuting attorney. So, technically, you are the president's lawyer. I think you should know what position you're going into before you enter the position and before you get confirmed by the Senate Judiciary. But, that's what he has to say about that. Let's see what the Daily Wire has to say. Garland refuses to answer if biological males competing against women is unfair. A difficult question. Yeah, this is going to be another one of those that goes up there and gives these four presidential hopefuls. God help us all if they're all four presidential hopefuls, by the way. But this is going to be another one that gets uh, all four of them up there and on the stage and lets them come back and grandstand to their Jesus, Jesus base. From the Daily Wire. And this, by the way, is something that should be settled at a state level, not the federal government. Just saying. <clears throat> Biden Attorney General nominee Merrick Garland refused to answer during his confirmation hearing on Monday whether allowing biological males to compete in women's sports was fundamentally unfair to female athletes and instead just said that it was very difficult societal question. In my last 20 seconds, I'm going to ask you if you agree with the statement. Allowing, and I'm not suggesting you answer one way or the other, I just want you to know what you believe, allowing biological males to compete in all female sport deprives women of an opportunity to participate fully and fairly in sports and is fundamentally unfair to female athletes, Senator John Ken uh, Kennedy of Louisiana said. This is a very difficult societal question that you're asking me here, Garland responded. I don't, or I know what underlies it. I know, but you're going to be Attorney General, Kennedy responded. Garland responded by suggesting that he might not be the one who has to make policy-related decisions on that matter, but again declined to answer the question by saying it was a difficult question. No, that actually has absolutely nothing to do with the position that he's taking. And that's just Kennedy grandstanding for votes and for election purposes. This, and I know that the federal government is going to try and take a stance on this in this administration. You know that's going to happen already, but this is not a federal government question. This is a state and local government question. Because the small town that I live in is most likely never going to have to tackle this question. The even smaller town that I grew up in and went to high school in is, I know, never going to have to answer this question. Eau Claire might have to answer this question. Madison might have to answer this question. And this is just on a Wisconsin thing. I don't see a lot of this happening and a lot of these questions coming up in Nebraska, in Wyoming. But I see a lot of them coming up in Connecticut, New York, and California. This is not a federal issue. It's not. 
Kennedy has no reason to ask Merrick Garland about this, and Merrick Garland has no reason to take a position on this, especially not to make it public. <clears throat> All right. But, hey, we can actually listen to this. Give it to them. And it made me sad, but it, uh, it, it reaffirmed my role as a judge. Okay. Um, in my last 20 seconds, I'm going to ask you if you agree with this statement. Uh, allowing, and I'm not suggesting the answer one way or the other, I just want to know what you believe. Allowing biological males to compete in an all-female sport deprives women of the opportunity to participate fully and fairly in sports and is fundamentally unfair to female athletes. This is a very difficult societal question that you're asking here. I know what, what underlies it. I know, it. but uh, you're going to be attorney general. Well, but uh, I, I may not be the one who has to make policy decisions like that, but it's not that I'm adverse to it. Look, I think every human being should be treated with dignity and respect. Um, and I, I, that's an overriding sense of my own character, but an overriding sense of what the law uh, requires. Um, um, this, the particular uh, question of how Title IX applies in schools is one, and in light of the Bostock case, which I know, I know you're very familiar with, is something that I would have to look at um, uh, when I have a chance to do that. I've not had the chance to consider these kinds of issues in my uh, career so far. But I agree that this is a difficult question. Thank you, Judge. I'm going to point something back out uh, from the chat here for one second here. Uh, Quest Fanning is ha uh, wishing me a happy second anniversary for Contemporary. Um, it's actually going to be the first anniversary, but it's next Tuesday. March 2nd was the first Contemporary last year. So, yes, and we're going to do... I don't know what we're going to do special for that yet, but we're going to do something special for that one here. So, hang tight. We'll see what happens with that. <clears throat> All right, let's keep going here. Merrick Garland defends DOJ nominee Kristen Clark, who called blacks superior from Fox News, from Thomas Barabi. Attorney General nominee Merrick Garland defended Kristen Clark, the attorney tapped to lead the Justice Department Civil Rights Division during a heated ex exchange with Senator Mike Lee of Utah at his confirmation hearing on Monday. Clark, Biden's nominee to serve as Assistant AG for Civil Rights, drew scrutiny in recent weeks over a resurfaced 1994 letter she co-authored to the Harvard Crimson Clark. I'm sorry, to the Harvard Crimson. Clark presented the letter as a denouncement of findings on the controversial book called The Bell Curve, which suggested that intelligence was linked to genetics and environmental factors. In the letter, Clark wrote, among other things, that black infants sit, stand, crawl, and walk sooner than whites, and melanin endows blacks with greater mental, physical, and spiritual abilities. While Clark has maintained that the intent of her letter was misinterpreted, critics, including Lee, have questioned her fitness to hold the office of the DOJ. Lee referenced the situation in a question to Garland, kicking off a tense exchange. When individuals pass statements as an adult declaring one racial group is superior to another, would statements like that be irrelevant to an evaluation of whether such a person should be put in charge of running the Department of Justice's Civil Rights Division Lee asked the Attorney General nominee. I've read in the last few days these allegations about Kristen Clark, who I've also gotten to know, who I also trust, who I believe is a person of integrity, whose views about the Civil Rights Division I have discussed with her, and they are in line with my own, Garland said in response. I have every reason to want her. She is an experienced former line prosecutor of hate crimes, and we need someone like that, Garland said before being interrupted by Lee. 
I'm not asking her about her as a person. I'm asking about the statement Lee said. All I can tell you is that I have had many conversations with her about views and the civil rights division, about what types of matters she would investigate, Garland said. I'm going to pull full consistency on this on two different fronts. First and foremost, the letter. And all I'm going to say on that is reverse the races and see if you still feel the same way. And see if you still think that this woman should be confirmed by the DOJ. Because I know that if this was a Trump nominee and a letter that came out that said that whites are supreme for one way or the other came out, it would be national headline news. CNN would stop the news coverage of everything else, which would be a good time for Democrats to do something stupid because CNN would stop the coverage of everything else. And this would be front page news for a month, the fact that this Trump nominee said something like that. No matter how long ago it was. If it happened in 1951 and Trump was nominating somebody who penned a letter like that, it would just stop everything. The news would stop. The administration would be called racist. And pick your word, ist, for the rest of time. And people would be jumping up and down shrieking, This proves it! This proves it! This proves it! Now, with that being said, I also have to pull, pull consistency on a counter to that. Because this is a letter that happened in 1994. 27 years ago. Almost three decades ago. If I'm going to judge whether or not this woman is a good fit for the AG's office, I want to know how she's tried cases in the last five years. Because, I mean, yes, it's bad to hear. Don't get me wrong. It's terrible to hear. And if it was a white supremacy uh, kind of thing, then there would be no way the left would be letting it go at all. They would still be running with this like a dog with a bone. But the culture is far, far different. And race relations are far, far different now than they were 30 years ago. So that's something else to keep in mind as we look at this. 30 years ago, this was a completely different world. And I'd almost venture a guess to say that 30 years ago, we were in a better place on race relations than we, were, than we are now. But I would want to see what her uh, prosecutorial record was for the last 5 to 10 years, not the last 30 years. So, no, absolutely. This shouldn't even be coming up, but still, reverse the roles and see if you feel the same. So that's what we've got to see for that. Alright, got another one here from the Daily Wire. Cory Booker asked Attorney General nominee Merrick Garland, about systemic racism. From Charlotte Pence Bond. During Monday's confirmation hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee, AG nominee Merrick Garland was asked about systemic racism. Democratic Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey asked Garland about his views regarding mass incarceration and inherent bias in the criminal justice system. Booker began by describing the MICA mandate, which he explained as do justice, love, mercy, and walk humbly. He quoted an activist theologian he has read who says, What does love look like in public? It looks like justice. Booker continued, telling Garland, You have, to me, one of the most important positions on planet Earth for trying to create a more just society. 
I want to talk to you about white supremacist violence. But before I get there, I am actually concerned with something that I consider pernicious and very difficult to root out, which is the realities of implicit bi racial bias that lead to larger systemic racism. Of course, they wouldn't give me a video on that. Booker then asked Garland directly, Does our justice system treat people equally in this country at this point? Garland responded, sadly, and it is plain to me, it does not. He continued, There's no question that there's disparate treatment in our justice system. Mass incarceration is a very good example of this problem. We're incarcerating 25, almost 25% of the world's population, and we have something like 5% of the world's population. I don't think that is because Americans are worse. What belies is the disparate treatment of blacks and communities of color. There you go, pander a little bit more. Booker went on to discuss marijuana arrests in the country, saying that the likelihood of an African-American being arrested for doing things that two the last four of the last four presidents rather admitted to doing is three to four times higher than somebody white. Booker asked, is that evidence that within the system there's implicit racial bias, yes or no? Garland said that it was definitely evidence of disparate treatment, saying that his treatment arises out of implicit bias. Garland made the point to say that this might be unconscious bias or conscious bias. Booker later clarified, saying that the disparate treatment of people of color does not mean that the people who are engaged in this are racist. It means that they have an implicit racist bias that leads them to make different decisions about people. And with that, I would say that this is nothing but just another pandering move, but we do have to look at the reality of the fact that uh, there were a couple incidents in the past couple days that we do need to address that do seem to be outrightly a little bit racist. Mostly they come down to the fact that there are people that have too much power enforcing too many laws. But it still happened anyway. So that's what we saw uh, Merrick Garland for the first day here. Let's look into some of the other news here. Starting this with this one from the New York Post. New video shows California cops fatally shoot black man after jaywalking stop. From Craig McCarthy. Interesting that it's out of California, and interesting that I actually didn't see this in anybody's headline. I actually found this because of an argument that was involving Killdozer's uh, SCN over on Twitter. A new video shows the fatal shooting of a black man after a homeless outreach deputy stopped him for jaywalking in California last year. Okay, so this was last year. I'm a little surprised this didn't come up because that was a... Uh, uh, it was still an election year. The 12-minute clip, a combination of dash cam, cell phone, and surveillance footage, shows two Orange County Sheriff's deputies watching 42-year-old Kurt Andrus Reinhold on a sidewalk in San Clement in their, uh, from their police cruiser. Watch this, he's going to jaywalk, one of the cops says as they pull up to Reinhold. The other responds, don't make case law. When the pair get out the cruiser to approach the man, the dash cam footage doesn't capture the interaction, but one of the cops can be heard asking, are you going to stop or are we going to have to make you stop? For what? Reinhold responds. For jaywalking, the officer responds. What are you talking about? I'm walking, an irritated Reinhold shoots back. The man then calls the claim ridiculous and tells the officers to stop touching him. 
Cell phone video captured by a witness from across the street shows the cops attempting to direct Reinhold back to the sidewalk. The clip then shows the cops arguing with an increasingly aggravated Reinhold before tackling him to the ground. At one point during the struggle, one of the cops yells, He's got my gun! prompting the other deputy to open fire. According to the department, two shots can be heard from cell phone footage. According to KTLA, cops previously released a still photo from the September 23rd incident showing Reinhold's hand near the gun, but it was unclear if he unholstered the gun. The Orange County District Attorney's Office is still investigating the shooting, the elder reported. Well, a lot to go over here. Now, once again, this is from last year. But it's coming back up into the news right now, and I can't believe that this didn't get. I can't believe this didn't surface in an election year. This is another one of those that tried to hide for the narrative because they took the the racial thing too far. I think with the Jacob Blake and the Ahmaud Arbery, which that's a year ago today, by the way. The Ahmaud Arbery, the Jacob Blake, the uh, what was the other one? The other big one, St. George. So I'm not completely surprised that this didn't come up, but I'm still a little bit surprised off of it. But the biggest problem that I have with this is why is there a crime for jaywalking? Why is there something that police can go off and stop somebody for in Orange County for jaywalking? When I say that the first step to reforming criminal justice is to get rid of a lot of the laws for victimless crimes, this is what I'm talking about right here. The only person you're going to wind up hurting if you jaywalk in the most extreme cases is yourself. But most people are smart enough to go back and look both ways and see before they go out and try to uh, cross the street. And because of the frame of the camera, we will never have any idea whether or not he actually went to go for the gun or didn't. But... If there wasn't a law against jaywalking, dude would still probably be alive. Too many laws. Too many laws. Way too many laws. All of our legal system should be rewritten to don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. So, that's what we see from that, and I've got another one here, a video from David Centendry. An 18-year-old black man, Rodney Reese, was walking home from work at Walmart during the Texas freeze when Plano Police Department officers charged him with pedestrian in the roadway Tuesday. He spent the night in jail. I'm speaking with him and the chief of police tonight on Fox 4. Once again, too many laws. Too many laws. What, what is this? Pedestrian in the roadway. Why is that a fucking thing? Seriously. Sir. Can you calm down? Alright. Dude, pull your fucking pants up. Sir. Don't touch. Sir, look, we just want to talk to you. Oh, All right? Good. I'm on the way home. I'm straight. Okay. Where the fuck I'm going? Okay, but you're walking in the middle of the road. All right. I understand that. My bad. I'm not in the middle of the road. 
I won't. We just trying to figure out where you go. Oh, we got the wheel of death. Oh, you okay, dude? Watch out, man. Where's all that? Do you want us to just give, give you a ride? No, I'm good. I do this every night, literally. I'm straight. Okay. You ain't cold or nothing? No. I'm With that cheese shirt yeah, on? I'm good. What's your name, man? Nice. Huh? I don't know. You don't know? Can you just stop and talk to us for a minute? Oh. Do you mind? Do you mind just hey, talking to hey, us for a minute? Hey, just talk to us for a minute. Just doing? talk to us for a minute. I ain't gonna put my hand on female. Please don't touch okay. me. Okay. I'm just trying don't to get your attention, okay? We're just trying to make sure you're okay. Ma'am, don't touch me. We're trying to make sure you're okay. We're trying to make sure you're okay. Sir? No, 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 what? We're trying. No, 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 what? We're doing an investigation. I don't care. I'm going home. You were officially detained. No. Yes. Sir. Yes, you are. Bro. Stop, 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 stop. Just relax. Just relax, all right? Just relax. We're just trying to talk Bro, to you. I got an addict. I got an anger problem. Please get off me. Y'all not going to, y'all not, no. Stop. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to touch Yeah, you didn't stop. Put your hands behind your back now. You are not free to go. Wow. The next thing we do is going to be get a charge right now. For what? Because you're pushing on an officer. I'm not pushing. How am I pushing on you? You're actually resisting, dude. It's resisting arrest or detention. Give us the channel. Please just let me go. No. My house is literally right there. Can you just tell us the address? Wait. Please just let me go. Wow, you're really making this. Yeah, right there. Too many laws and too much police power at this point. Too many laws. The only reason that guy should have been able to be picked up is if he had turned around and fucking slugged one of the uh, cops. Which, given what they were doing in that, he probably had every right to do. Pedestrian in the roadway. What the fuck is that? Seriously. But, yeah, he got picked up, too, off the Texas freeze. You ain't cold? Yeah, there's that. All right, let's keep going. Meghan McCain is in the news. Meghan McCain calls for Biden to remove Fauci from Zach Berdrick. Yeah, I'll take things that are never going to happen for a thousand, please. Meghan McCain on Monday called for Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, to be fired, blaming him for inconsistent messaging regarding the distribution of coronavirus vaccines. The fact that Dr. Fauci is going on CNN, and he can't tell me if I get the vaccine, I'll be able to have dinner with my family. McCain, the co-host of The View, said Monday, as reported by Mediaite, it's terribly inconsistent messaging. Let's have a listen. The fact that I, Megan McCain, co-host of The View, uh, don't, I don't know when or how I will be able to get a vaccine because the rollout for my age range and, and my health is, is so nebulous. I have no idea when and how I can get it. I want to get it. If you call me at 3 o'clock in the morning, I will go any place at any time to get it. I want to be responsible and obviously wait my turn. But this rollout has been a disaster. And I understand, obviously, President Trump can take much of the blame. But now we're in the Biden administration. I, for one, would like something to look forward to and to 
hope for because if getting the vaccine means that just nothing changes and we have to wait another few years till everyone gets it, 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 it there's already a lot of people not getting it. We're already have a pro having a messaging problem getting people to take this vaccine. So I, I'm over Dr. Fauci. I think we need to have more people giving more opinions. And I, I honestly, quite frankly, I think the Biden administration should should remove him and put someone else in place that maybe does understand science or can talk to other countries about how we can be more like these places that are doing this successfully. How is it that I, Megan McCain, the honorable and venerable daughter of the wonderful John McCain, cannot know when I can get this vaccine? Bitch, shut the fuck up. You're younger than I am, first and foremost. You need to be at the back of the line right now because the elderly need to be the first ones up in line. Now, and that's if we have government involvement in getting in this, but if we just open up the free market, whoever's got the money can go out and get it if they want it. And whoever doesn't have the money or doesn't want it doesn't go off and get it. Who the fuck are you to come out and say that I am more important, that I need to be the one to come up and get this? And that's not saying anything in defense of Dr. Anthony Fauci because he's an asshole. But that was just an asshole thing for Meghan McCain to say, which, I mean, she was raised by John, so... Bomb, 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 Iran. No. Who are you? Who are you? Once again, in the free market, in the totally free market without government involvement, then I would be able to come up and say, well, yes, okay, if you really want it that bad, then go and get it because you've got the money. Plus, you've got the money to jump the line. You can pay the vaccine people to say, hey, take me first, and then pay all the rest of the people online and say, hey, you know what? I am more important than you, so here's some money to let me up to the front of the line because I'm Megan McCain. I can't believe I'm semi-defending Anthony Fauci. But things happen. Speaking of Megan... I got another one here from Fox News. It's going to play an autoplay in just a second. I'll turn that off for you guys. Another softball question for Biden. I'm glad you guys didn't have to hear that one. But uh, let's have a listen to this one here. Meghan McCain torches Chris Cuomo and ghoul of a brother for CNN comedy shows amid nursing home scandal from Joseph A. Wolfson. The View co-host Megan McCain tore into CNN anchor Chris Cuomo Monday over what she called the comedy shows he held with his brother, Democratic New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, last year amid the brewing nursing home scandal. Chris Cuomo, along with CNN, have made unprecedented push to downplay and deflect from the controversies surrounding the New York governor, with the far-left network giving developments in the nursing home scandal little to no airtime, while giving the Cuomo primetime host free reign to conduct friendly, comical interviews with the scandal-plagued governor in the earlier months of the coronavirus pandemic. On Monday, the anchor took a swipe at McCain over a viral clip of the remarks she made on The View, in which she criticized the White House medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, over the vaccine timeline and the uncertainty of when Americans in her age and health bracket will be eligible to get the vaccine. The fact that I, Megan McCain, the co-host of The View, I don't know when or how I will be able to get the vaccine because of the rollout of my age range and the health is so nebulous. 
I've no idea when or how I'll be able to get it, McCain stated. McCain fired back, hitting both the anchor and his brother, and urging New York governor to apologize to the families who lost the loved ones in the state's nursing home during the pandemic, including Fox News senior meteorologist Janice Dean. You and your ghoul of a brother were doing comedy shows with giant Q-tips and joking about his sex life while covering the number of nursing home deaths in New York City. Why doesn't your brother finally apologize to Janice Dean and the other family members he has helped to kill? Well, balls and strikes. And that was actually probably a good thing to come back and say. So that was a good shoot back. Even, even amid the fact that she thought that she was so posh and wonderful that she's so much more important than the regular working American people where she can get the best medical care available and pay for it out of pocket. And some of these people are struggling and they just want to get the vaccine so they can go back to work. That whole, I am better than you because I am Meghan McCain act was slightly dissolved by this here. So I'm, you know, I brought Meghan McCain back to, back to neutral at this point. All right, let's keep going here. I got one from Reuters. U.S. Supreme Court sets the stage for release of Trump tax returns from Lawrence Hurley. Donald Trump suffered a major setback on Monday in his long quest to conceal details of his finances as the U.S. Supreme Court paved the way for a New York City prosecutor to obtain the former president's tax returns and other records as part of an accelerating criminal investigation. The justices would comment, uh, without comment, rather rebuff Trump's request to put on hold an October 7th lower court ruling directing the Republican businessmen turned pol uh, politicians, longtime accounting firm Mazars USA, to comply with subpoena to turn over the materials to the grand jury convened by the Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance, a Democrat. The work continues, Vance said in a statement issued after the court's actions. Trump issued a statement describing Vance's investigation as part of the greatest political witch hunt in the history of our country, accusing the New York Democrats of expanding or expending rather their energy on taking down a political opponent instead of tackling violent crimes. That's fascism, not justice, okay? And that is exactly what we are trying to do with respect to me, except that the people of our country won't stand for it, Trump added. The Supreme Court's action does not require Trump to do anything. The records involved in the dispute were requested from third-party Mazars, not Trump himself. Vance previously told Trump's lawyers his office would be free to immediately enforce the subpoena if the justices rejected Trump's request. A Mazars spokesperson said the company remains committed to fulfilling all of our professional and legal obligations. I'm pretty sure this is against the law. I'm pretty sure this is against the Constitution. I would have to see what they have for a warrant. Um, what kind of warrant they have for this, if there's one there ready for them to come back and see and use for this. But if there is, if there's no warrant for this, then this is, this is against law. And if they release it, that's the worst part of it. If they release this and leak this back out to the public, there are going to be a lot of lawsuits going against the state of New York. He is a private citizen now. Donald John Trump is not the president anymore. So in spite 
of the anti-Fourth and Fifth Amendment campaign that you launched against him while he was the president. If you do this to him as a private citizen, you're going to have big, big problems. So you guys have better make all, sure all those I's are dotted and all those T's are crossed if you're going to do this. And you better make for damn sure that doesn't get back out. This is not the free press using the First Amendment to go after an elected official anymore. This is the government going after a private citizen. This is persecution. And if they'll do it to him, they'll fucking do it to you. Alright, I got one from The Blaze. Reporter calls out Biden's spokesman on Russia. You guys are taking credit for stuff the previous administration did. From Carlos Garcia. A State Department media briefing turned into a contentious debate after a reporter called out spokesman for the Biden administration for stealing the credit from the previous administration. State Department spokesman Ned Price was touting a new report showing that support had significantly lessened for an energy project that would increase Germany's dependence on Russia for oil. Price was interrupted while patting himself on the back when Matt Lee of the Associated Press rained on his parade with his pointed question. That demonstrates that our strategy, including the legislative strategy, that strategy, of course, Congress has been behind, has been working on to good effect. So we'll continue to work closely with Germany. We'll continue to work closely with our allies and partners in Europe to uphold Europe's own stated energy uh, security goals, Price said. Isn't it a bit disingenuous to claim credit for the 18 companies winding down, asked Lee. All of this work was done under the previous administration. You guys have only been in office for a month, right? Are you telling me that in the last four weeks, these 18 companies all of a sudden decided to say, Oh my God, we better not do anything with Nord Stream 2, Lee said, referring to the proposed pipeline project. You guys are taking credit for the previous uh, stuff the previous administration did, Lee asked, yes or no? I'm speaking for the Department of State, Price said. The people who have been working this and the people who are working this now were the same people a month ago, were the same people three months ago. Price went on to say that the Biden position on the pipeline was the same as that of the previous administration. We are concerned about the influence that would allow Russia and the leverage it would give the Russian regime over some of our closest allies and partners in Europe, he concluded. But, once again, going off and, you know, now the news media is going to report that the U.S. is being tough on Russia, but they couldn't for a second say that the Trump administration was hard on Russia because that would destroy their narrative, wouldn't it? Oh, well, he's a Russian pawn, so he can't be hard on Russia. All right, let's keep going. Errol Weber, we're just going to ignore that he dropped the N-word? I don't think that he did, but I've listened to this a few times. It's five seconds. Let's have a listen. We'll see what you guys think that he actually said, but I think he was trying to say something else. He tripped over his tongue. I'm eager to hear, eager to hear next from my good friends. I'm eager to hear, eager to hear next from my good friends. I'm eager to hear, eager to hear next from my good friends. I'm eager to hear, eager to hear next from my good friends. Yeah, it clearly sounds like he says that, but it doesn't sound like that's what he was trying to say. It sounds like he says, I'm eager to hear next from our... Uh, next guest. But he just tripped over his words because he's 80 years old and not completely all with it. 
So, I don't know. I'll broadcast it, you guys decide. From Politico. Google to lift political ad ban this week. Google will now return ads from campaigns and ads on political topics to Google search pages and YouTube. From Elena Schneider. Google will lift its ban on political ads on Wednesday, ending a self-imposed prohibition that has been active since the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Google announced the decision to email, or in an email rather, to political clients Monday morning. The tech giant had also banned political ads on its platform, including YouTube and Google search pages, after the 2020 election as part of a broader effort to clamp down on political misinformation. But now they don't care because now they're controlling the misinformation and they've got the backing of the Biden uh, Justice Department. So, we don't need to go much into this here, but yes, Google is going to let you put a political ad and watch a political ad and look up a political ad on all their platforms at this point. All right. From WBAP News Talk, 820 AM, 99.5 FM, HD2, out of Texas. Pelosi funnels $300,000 to gerrymandering after rebuking it. How Speaker Nancy Pelosi said gerrymandering efforts to compromise the integrity of our democracy and then funneled 300000 to Democrats' efforts promoting it. The Washington Free Beacon reported on Monday. The Beacon cited filings from Pelosi's PAC to the future, which is run by her husband, Paul Pelosi. The leadership PAC gave $300,000 to former Obama administration Attorney General Eric Holder's Defense uh, National Democratic Redistricting Committee, in 2019, just after she came out against partisan efforts to draw congressional districts for political gain. This year, the Democratic majority passed H.R. 1 for the People Act, which works to end partisan gerrymandering by requiring all states to establish independent, nonpartisan redistricting commissions to draw open and transparent statewide district maps after each census, Pelosi said in 2019 per The Beacon. We will continue to fight partisan gerrymandering, ensure every citizen's vote counts, and oppose any attempt to compromise the integrity of our democracy. Holder's NDRC was born out of former President Barack Obama's frustration with House Republicans obstructing his agenda, and Pelosi Schumer and former Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe met at the Obama White House before former President Donald Trump entered office, forming an effort to draw lines in Democrats' favor, according to the Beacon. See, I think that WBAP gets this completely wrong. See, when the lines go in a Republicans' favor, they're evil and they're horrible and partisan. But when they go in Democrats' favor, they are perfectly balanced and nonpartisan. WBAP, you're getting this wrong. Just ask Nancy Pelosi and Eric Holder. All right. One more here, then we'll do Twitter trending and head on out of here. Make sure if you are just lurking, you get those last-minute messages in so we can thank you properly at the end of the week, as we always do. So thank you guys for coming and hanging out today. Let's see what the last one here is. From the New York Post, Harry Shearer will no longer voice Black Simpsons characters. From Lauren Sarner. Another white Simpsons voice actor has stepped down from lending his pipes to characters of color. 
According to the rap, Harry Shearer, who is white, will no longer be the uh, voice of the black character, Dr. Hibbert. He'll be replaced by Kevin Michael Richardson, bless the hearts, in next Sunday's episode, Wad Goals. Shearer has voiced Springfield's most skilled doctor in contrast to Hank Azaria, incompetent Dr. Nick, since 1990. He also voices Ned Flanders and Principal Skinner, among other characters, and Fox confirmed to the Post that he will continue voicing the other roles. He joins Azaria, who last year announced that he no longer voiced the Indian character Apu, in part after a 2017 documentary, The Problem with Apu, brought attention to the subject. Azaria still voices a wide range of characters on the show, such as Moe and Chief Wiggum. I don't understand. I really don't. They're animated. But that's... I mean, if they animate a person, then the person who's voicing him has to look 100% exactly like that person. It's the only thing that I can come back and take out of this. But they're animated. My God, why? Why is this such a big deal? And they've been doing it forever. I don't, I don't understand. I guess if they feel good about it, then that's what they want to do. But, I mean, this guy, what was his name again? Harry Shearer. He's been Dr. Hibbard for 30 years, for three decades. He knows the Dr. Hibbard character better than anybody else will. And it was the same with Azaria and Apu. Yes, he maybe doesn't understand the struggle of what it's like to be Indian, but he knows Apu because he's been Apu for 30 years. Why? Why would they do that? I don't understand, but that's what we have. Um, we will come back. We'll definitely be checking back up on this once again. Let's uh, go on. Let's do Twitter trending, and let's head on out of here for the day. So I've got the Explore tab up here waiting. We'll do a quick refresh and see what we've got going here. All right. Number one, trending Fall Guys Season 4. So Fall Guys is a very bright and colorful video game. I've seen it before. I've never played it, but I've seen other people play it before. Um, looks like they are opening up a new a new season, which I don't know what video game seasons are. I know that uh, there were seasons in Diablo 3 when I used to play it, before Blizzard went uh, anti-China. I know there were seasons in that. I don't completely understand what it means, but they are coming up with a new season. So if you were waiting for the new season of Fall Guys, it is here. Um, number two is Vanessa Bryant. Vanessa Bryant addresses leaked lyrics from unreleased Meek Mill song about her late husband, Kobe Bryant, calling them extremely insensitive and disrespectful, uh, disrespectful rather, on her Instagram story. Uh, so apparently Meek Mill made a, uh, made a song about Kobe Bryant. And Vanessa didn't much care for it. I don't listen to rap, so I don't know anything about this. Uh, let's see. By the dip. Yeah, I could go for a little bit of chew right now, but I don't think this is what's going to be. You know what you've got yourself into? Cardano, Bitcoin, marketing crash, or market crash? By the dip. 
use savages made by the dip trend in the United States. So this is one of those where they're trying to scare you out of buying crypto because uh, it's going down right now. So they want to make sure that everybody comes back out of it and we go defend on our fiat currency that they just keep printing. So we'll see what happens off of that and that's going to see where the markets go as well. Uh, we'll skip Tuesday vibe. Uh, the fourth one we'll do here is Hunter Smith. Good Tuesday morning. I have a patent signed football and a $500 certificate to Noah Grant's Grill House and Oyster Bar. If you can name the last Colts player to Russia for a TD as a place kick holder, one winner, 4 p.m. Eastern time deadline. Apparently it was Hunter Smith. Actually, I think I knew that too. Now that I think about that again. Alright, so I guess somebody won the Hunter Smith contest. Alright, last one we'll do for the day is Ahmad Arbery. Which I saw this going and I knew that we were going to catch on this. Uh, it was one year ago today that Ahmad Arbery was murdered while out on a jog. Today I will lace up my running shoes in remembrance of him and wear them throughout the day. Well, no, Taryn T., you're not going to be lacing up your running shoes in remembrance of him. It's your Timberlands that you're going to be lacing up in remembrance of him. I don't even know what happened with any of this, to be completely honest. We never got we never got closure from this one because it stopped fitting the narrative very quickly, and then we got St. George instead. But even with, because we saw the Central Park Karen, then we saw Ahmaud Arbery, and then we saw St. George, you knew that this was what they're going to pull throughout the rest of the year. We should have known that right away in the beginning off of this. And by the way, because Taryn D. Duchess also says rest in power, I will remind you that if I die and you guys start tweeting about me, if any of you tells me to rest in power after I die, I will come back as a ghost and kick your fucking ass. I don't want to rest in power. I want to rest in peace. I want to be done. Rest in power. But that's the last one today. It was a year ago today that the Ahmad Arbery uh, whole thing happened, and nobody still knows what went on with that. A lot of bullshit. But it didn't fit the narrative anymore, so people stopped talking about it. And that's going to be it. And we're going to head on out of here for the day. So let's get this switched out here. And thank you guys for coming by for a bit today and hanging out with me. I did see the one question in the chat, and I'm going to hit that quick because it was directed right at me, and we got just a little bit of time here. So I just want to say that um, I am I'm a libertarian in my own mindset, and I'm a federalist, so I'm not going to enforce libertarianism back to other people, but that'll be a conversation for another time. Make sure that you head on in here and 
get those last minute messages in so we can thank everybody at the end of the week here or come back and hang out in one of my other shows. I'm going to do a call-in show this weekend because it's been too long. So come back out, hang out, get your questions ready, your calls in, and you can throw them in the live chat or you can call the phone number or come call in on Discord too. We've got some options to do that. Got some options to hang out and figure out what the best way is to come back in contact with you guys here. So looking forward to come back uh, coming back and hearing from you guys once again and just seeing what you guys think about the current situation in the news. Hopefully we'll talk maybe about some Capital Riot stuff. We'll talk about some Texas Free stuff. We'll talk about Merrick Garland. I don't know. I want to hear what you guys have to think. That is going to be at 5.30 Central Time this coming Saturday. So come back and hang out for that. That's going to be pretty awesome. I love hearing from you guys. So come back. We'll come and hang out. We'll talk about what you guys need to want and want to talk about here. So other than that, we'll be back here tomorrow with more contemporary and more news. So come back and hang out with us then again for that. Until then, I'm Jay Edgar, and this is Contemporary. <laughs>